1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's
2: go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.
0: Do you like beer? Do you like free? How about, you guessed it, free beer? As a valued listener, we'd like to bestow upon you just that. Thanks to our good pals at beer52.com, you have the opportunity to sip eight delicious and painstakingly sourced craft beers from around the world. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com slash arsenal and cover just the postage of £4.95 and, as if that wasn't enough, as a listener of the Footballistically Arsenal podcast, you will get two extra free beers. So that's ten free beers. Beer 52, in case you didn't know, are beer pioneers. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beers from the greatest small batch breweries planet Earth has to offer. No surprise, then, that they're the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer 52 deliver a case with a different theme. Themes have included Germany, Korea, Belgium, South Africa, California, New Zealand, and more, but they haven't forgotten their roots. As an independent UK company, Beer 52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer 52 is that you can leave any time, the power is in your hands. As well as the best, most interesting beer money can buy, your case will include the award-winning craft beer magazine, Ferment, which explains the theme and individual beers you'll receive, and a beery snack is thrown in just to top it all off. Don't like dark beers? Choose the light plan. It's easy. So just go to www.beer52.com slash arsenal to get your case free. And don't forget, right now, the Footballistically Arsenal podcast listeners get two extra free beers. Yes, they do. Hello, and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal in a uh, historic first. Due to the uh, virus situation, we are recording this via the wonders of modern technology remotely. I'm Boyd Hilton. We've got Josh Landy is here.
3: Psychic, Psychic Josh. Hello, Josh. Boy, this is surreal. After yeah. seven years of sitting across from whatever bit of Supreme gear you've walked in wearing, <laughs> I've got no idea today, but I'll trust you're in Supreme. Uh, of course, yeah. yeah. Luckily, I have got a new
0: batch of Supreme just late last week before the virus really uh, changed all our lives. Um, and thankfully, it's not just us to um, witchering on to amuse you aimlessly, frankly, for the next um, 35, 40 minutes. So we've got a fantastic guest who basically has rescued us because now we, there is a point to this podcast. Now, I feel Mark Pugach,
2: welcome. Hello, gents. How are you doing? I know you're you're a few miles away from me, but technology is amazing. Isn't it? It's, well, it's yeah. amazing that we could all work it ourselves, I think, frankly.
0: It's a miracle, Mark. It's a miracle. And what's particularly a miracle is that. I can't think of anyone more interesting to talk to at this particular moment in time than um, the great uh, sports broadcaster that you are. So thank you very much for uh, joining us well, on this <laughs> on this very special edition of Footballistically Arsenal. Um, so I guess like I guess we should start by talking about um, the bizarre situation we're in, the viral situation Um you know, this, what what do we think is going to happen? I mean, we're all we're all in the dark. I mean, you, Mark, presumably you would have been hosting Six Nations rugby on ITV, and you'd have been preparing for the Euros in the summer, and this, that, and the other. What, how, how, what do you feel about the whole situation at the moment?
2: I mean, it, it is it is obviously one of the mo- no no, it is the most surreal and bizarre sensation that that any of us have ever experienced, but. But clearly, it's much more important than that because it's now extremely serious and, and very worrying, particularly particularly for the elderly. And we we'll all have you know elderly in our lives, relatives or friends as well. So it's gone from that sort of situation last week of oh this is this is quite irritating and this might get in the way of the Six Nations and this might get in the way of a bit of sport. So we're now a really a really serious situation. And I'm yeah. anticipating this week that they will postpone the Euros. I think they've got to postpone the Euros because. Yeah i think I think everything we 're going to say in the next forty five minutes is against the backdrop, isn't it that it's only sport which which is always as we've said before the most important of unimportant things because sport doesn't matter at all, and yet it matters so much because because we love it because it's people's release because it's people's escape, and particularly at the moment, people need all that yeah so it's all of all of what we 're going to say is against the backdrop that it really doesn't matter, but in terms of trying to get football on. I think they have to put the Euros off for 12 months because for the integrity of all the European leagues and all the leagues around the world, of course, they have to try their hardest to try and finish these leagues whenever it may be. And it may not be possible to finish that, these leagues. But I think that I understand completely the administrators that that is their first their first aim, is to try to get the leagues finished.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Of course, you, you know, in terms of sport, um, right actually being second, you know, in our, in our priorities and life and uh, and all of that takes precedence. But I, I do feel like this particular moment in history is a, is a really interesting reminder of just how important things like sport are in our lives, isn't it? It's like I feel I'm already, you know, personally, you know, missing football massively. Um, and I feel like that emptiness, that kind of emptiness in the, is kind of hovering in the background of us of those of us who love the game and support particularly the team and all of that it's just it just adding to the whole sensation isn't it of, of kind of underlying
2: melancholy if you like for this whole thing absolutely and nothing good will come out of this of course nothing good can come out of it but when it is all over one day I just hope that when we all go back to the sport and we absolutely love it and we'll be so thrilled to have football again and rugby union and cricket and the whole shebang and you'll be able to go and watch racing because that's behind closed doors that we will we, we'll all remember how much we missed it and just try our hardest to keep it into a little bit of perspective because Bill Shankly didn't mean, it. I'm not even sure he said it, to be honest with you. you know that no, really? It was really. More <laughs> the life it. Well, he may have said it, but I don't think he said it quite that way. I think it's just quite a useful way to spin it. I think when we do all go back to it, let's just try and remember how much we missed it. I mean, you're, I know Arsenal obviously were away on Saturday, so you, you may or may not have been going, Boyd. But it was such a weird Saturday, wasn't it? I mean, I yeah, I walked the dogs and I mended a fence and I chopped the <laughs> country and I chopped up wood and I was like, and I kept looking at my watch, going, "Well, it should be half time by now, you know. I should be racking yeah. for a few scores and and wondering, you know, what what has been going on at uh, at the Amex and you know uh, and and looking at all, all the big games. It was just a very very odd sensation.
0: Absolutely bizarre. Yeah, I think Josh was meant to be going to the, to the game, weren't you, Josh? I, I I couldn't have gone anyway, but were
3: you, you going? Well, I, I was actually um, at Cheltenham, which now it, it seems even more bizarre that it was allowed oh. to go ahead on Wednesday yeah, and had planned to go up to Manchester City. Um, you know, we had it all arranged, a, a trip up, at about, you know, about half past four, the train to Manchester we were going to get in just before seven, head over to the ground. So we had the whole um, day planned out. That obviously got taken away. Um, a group of us had planned to go to Brighton. Um, and even as we were loosely making plans for which train we would take down on Saturday, it seemed inevitable um, that it wasn't going to going to go ahead. But I was interested maybe to hear from, from you, Boyd or, or Mark, why do you think it took for Arteta? That, that seemed to be the catalyst, didn't it? It all fell mm. apart within 24 hours, only after Arteta. But it just seems amazing that it took for someone of his profile. Like, had it just been a member of the Arsenal's physio team, would, would we still be here? Presumably, yes, because then everyone else has got to go into quarantine. It, it's a
2: very good question, Josh. And I, I, like you, I was at Cheltenham quite a lot last week. And uh, so I thought, well, I've you know, had some nice invitations and I'm going to enjoy it. And I got back Friday and I thought, well, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're on for tomorrow. And uh, then the, the Premier League statement came out at nine thirty, didn't it? Football tomorrow went fine. I'm looking forward to this. Ten fifteen, Arteta has been diagnosed. I said to my wife, "Well, that's that's got to be off, hasn't it?" Throw this is yeah. on Thursday, was it? Yeah, it's got to be off. There's no way that they can they can play now. Why did they, I suppose the short answer is they were going along with the advice, weren't they? That is the short answer. They were going along with the advice, and some people thought that was absolutely mad and the wrong thing to do, but. We are in such unprecedented straits. It's very easy to throw stones and go, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? Why are we? We are supposedly out of step a little bit in Europe. But, I mean, I, I don't know how you feel or anyone feels. Um, I, you know, a chief medical officer seems a, a, a pretty bright man. And, he, you know, I'm, 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 hopeful, I'm putting my faith in what the, you know, this, this, this extremely eminent and intelligent scientist is telling us. So maybe at the time, don't put, put football off was the message.
0: Yes, I agree. It's been weird to see, um, you know, people on social media and Twitter questioning. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying we shouldn't question all all the politicians, etc. But as you say, the chief medical officer seems a very decent, um, obviously intelligent expert on these matters. And still today, interestingly, still today, if you watch the the Boris Johnson press conference where he where he had the chief medical officer next to him, and he was still saying that um, sporting events you know weren't particularly mass gatherings like that weren't particularly dangerous you know and weren't weren't you know but of course the sporting the sporting institutions have stopped them anyway but i think i think the the Arteta thing was so interesting because i think any top a top manager um being tested positive for the virus had so many implications instantly didn't it it just meant that that meant the squad had to be quarantined, and it meant that everyone they came in contact. It just—it was just instantly too much to deal with. And I think, and I do think, without that, without Alteta being tested positive on, as you say, last Thursday, then probably the the weekend's Premier League fixtures would have gone ahead because major concerts went ahead, and you know, and they seemed to be, you know, not particularly bothered at that point. And now the whole uh, world's changed.
2: It feels like, and that. of course, uh, uh, you know, from from my business, I know. Two of the broadcasters who interviewed Arteta, presumably this is after the West Ham game. And and as soon as the Arteta news came through, they're like, well, we better get into a self-isolation. You know, we interviewed him him in the tunnel at the Emirates uh, five days ago. So yeah. this is the problem about when they restart, isn't it? Because every time you think you can restart, if somebody gets diagnosed and they've obviously, particularly if we're talking about football clubs and training grounds and squads, you know, the chart that they will have been around somebody, it, 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 it resets the clock every time, doesn't it? Which is why it's going to be so hard to have any rough idea about when football can recommence.
3: Which is why, yeah. I, just just coming in here, boy, I think that's why it's got to be untenable that we keep putting this back two weeks. So they've now said, well, there won't be any football until the weekend of 4th, 5th of April. But then what do they do in two weeks' time? They say, well, we'll delay another two weeks, we'll delay another two weeks, which is why, much as it makes sense that they try and finish these seasons at some point, for the sake of just having some clarity, which I think is what people want, I, I cannot see a situation where this situation is not void. And I spoke to someone actually at a football league club today and their honest thoughts was they, there will be no more football this season, uh, which surprised me. I thought maybe they are thinking, they still don't know. But they, they were expecting the director would be no more football this season. And I mean, look, I mean, we're not the experts. Is, is have, it right on Liverpool? Uh, George, is are, it they
2: say, are they saying then football starts again, you know, as it do, always does in August, a new like, season?
3: They didn't know. They, they just felt that as it was for like this season has been some this season, the expectation was there will be no more games. Um, I don't know. I mean, that to me makes sense. How do you just envision two weeks, two week, What do we do? Do we get to all, and then do we encroach on next season? Because if if the Euros is, as again, someone else has, has told me, you know, which is no secret, tomorrow they're going to announce Euro twenty two is postponed. They're going to have to bloody well make sure that, at least it happens in the right time slot. So you can't be having this season sort of ending up in, you know, you know September, October, November. It sort of makes sense to me that they will just cut clean this one and have to try hell for leather the, to make it work. For next... uh,
0: well, I don't think it does. I don't think it does make that much sense to, to, to avoid the season because just the implications are so huge, aren't they? Legally, um, in terms of, you know, the depth, if you look at the whole, the whole pyramid of football is, is, is thrown into kind of anarchy almost. I think if yeah. you avoid it. Whereas I think, you know, I mean, for me, I also don't see how, I, I feel like they could work out a way they could, Play the games behind closed doors for a start. You know that 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 is a that is a, a possible uh, possibility. Um, there's all kinds of options. I think for me, voiding everything instantly feels like the nuclear option that has too many implications legally and almost in terms of you know our it's almost too confusing to do that in a way because I think there are ways of doing it and you could you know you could carry on or through until September October and shorten the next season. You can you can make you you can make the whole season just playing. Each team plays each other once rather than twice. Yeah. There are ways round. I think to, to press that button and avoid the whole thing. I mean, specifically, Mark, if I was a Liverpool fan right now, I would be. Ex- I mean, not, again, talking of the you mentioned the Shankly quote, but it's particularly pertinent, isn't it?
2: Oh, How it, devastating oh. that would be. It would be, and that's why. And that's why I'm with you, boy. I think I don't think you are saying do it now, Josh. But but for me, don't be too. Don't be in too much of a hurry we may have to void the season. It may have to be declared void, but don't do it now. Just see what happens. It may be that we have no choice. And personally, if we do declare it void, in my humble opinion, give Liverpool the title. It's ludicrous not to. It's absolutely ludicrous not to. Don't ask me who comes up, who goes down, how many you've got next season. That, I think we will all come up with a different answer. But just give it as long as you possibly can to play the games, even if it's behind closed doors. To have the integrity of the of the league to finish it, and if you can't, I don't think there's a I don't think there's a sensible football fan out there who would say, "Don't give Liverpool the title." Of course, give them the title, but I'm not sure what you do at the other end. Are you? I'm really not sure. And who comes up? I just read today that I think Fulham have both, have got a was due to still play both Leeds and West Brom. So I mean, I mean, I don't know what you do about the size of the league next season, or when you play it, or maybe as you say, Boyd you might have to play Europe over one leg in the knockout stages, or you might have to get mm. rid of the league for one season or whatever. Uh, or listen, there, there are all that in a way, there's no point trying to work that out now before we know exactly where we are.
0: Yeah, exactly. I do. I do. I guess my underlying um, kind of worry, if you like I mean, generally is I wonder if do, do we trust the, you know, the people who, who are uh, in charge of the game, you know, from UEFA and the premier league and, the FA and the league, all of that, to, to come up with decisions about this that make sense and they're consistent. And the, uh, do you know what I mean? I find that
3: it would almost be quite out of character, wouldn't it, for the world of football to come up with a solution to but this. But Boyd, uh, Boyd, it doesn't, what you think is a, a fair solution, and you're coming up there with scenarios as we all are about what could be done, what could not be done, playoffs, you just play each team once. Well, is it fair that you play at home to, you know, Man City, sure. but then you're aware what sure. the whole thing is just not going to, no one's ever going to agree, no, which no. is why I come back to, and look, Mark, I, you're completely right. You de- you delay as long as you possibly can in a, in a way. To but if this is going as, you know, even the scientists who were trusting, and I'm completely with Mark, you know, we've got to trust these people. If this situation is, this is going on for two, three months, and big companies are telling their staff today, you're probably going to be at home for the next two, three months. This is going to be a delay and delay. And, and that's why, honestly, the fairest thing is to avoid it. I, I stick by that. Because if you avoid the season, it is the one definitive thing that is going to be equal for everyone. And yes, it's not fair. Some teams were mid-table. Some teams were top. Some teams were probably going down. But at least you have equality on some level for everyone. And you'd say, you would say, don't give Liverpool the title? I don't, what are you giving them a title of? The season's void? I mean, give them a, a, a token me- a medal if you want, but what are you awarding them? You're awarding them a medal for something that ultimately in history won't have existed. It won't be a valid finished article. I don't know. It, it seems horrifically unfair. They deserve the title. They have done absolutely everything you could ever foresee. But can I just answer a question? When you,
2: when you say, Josh, do you trust the football authorities to
3: Boided. get this right? Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, yeah. don't
2: think the one thing that unites every single football administrator is money and it may just be that the the demand to get the season finished in some way the demand from sky and bt particularly understandably to get the season finished in some way may just be the glue that somehow hangs it all together at the end
0: yeah Um, because basically you're absolutely right because the tv companies own football don't they really they're the ones that are calling the shots they're you know, they, they are pumping billions and billions into the game and they have to have their say. And I can't imagine they they wouldn't rather work out a way of finishing the season than, than making it void. So, yeah, I think I think my
3: I would be but amazed. On if they, so yeah? Boyd, if you're saying that next year you might end up playing everyone plays everyone once, well, they're going to only have 19 Premier League games to show. Next, well, you know, at some point it has to have some kind of equilibrium. If we can't have four uh, seasons,
0: I'm saying that's just uh, that just you know that's just one possible solution to the to to, to finishing you know to the delay in finishing the you, season. You, you can, you can I, allow
2: them to show more matches than they do, or yeah. allow them in one season to show matches right. at three o'clock on a Saturday. There's a way of making up the numbers. So it might mean that most games are televised, uh, uh, Josh. But there's a way of making there's a way of making up the numbers. I mean, if for one, as you say. Arsenal are away to Tottenham at homes at Liverpool well you know it, it, listen there has to be a compromise here somewhere doesn't there? There, yeah. there, there there has to be a compromise somewhere there's either a compromise the season ends late or there's a compromise the Euros are, are, are put back 24 hours or there's a compromise which I don't think any of us want the season is voided or there's a compromise that, this, that the league has 22 teams next season and five go or you know 25 teams and five go, go down or whatever somewhere along the line there has to be a compromise somewhere my point yeah. would always be is is don't don't force that decision as uh, too early that's all i'm saying
0: yeah i absolutely agree 100% agree yeah i mean there are the meetings up you know is happening tomorrow aren't there? The, i think you UEFA meeting's happening tomorrow is the UEFA right. meeting and, uh, yeah 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 and uh you know i just think yeah you're i think i think they should call a massive you know conference if you like, like obviously you know in, all done by a video conference call or whatever of all the stakeholders, you know, including BT Sport and Sky and everyone, and 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 have a big discussion about it because I, you know, I, I think I just think there are possible ways around, it and there are, as you, you, you say, jumping to 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 an extreme solution like voiding everything. I think feels feels wrong to me. But
2: it feels a bit hurried, doesn't it? Just at the back. yeah, it just feels yeah,
0: hurried, yeah. But we should talk about um, you. Mark, because we're at a very interesting <laughs> juncture in, in your life and career as well. Um, uh, because for me, you know, I, I, I'm an absolute five live obsessive. Um, I, you know, I listen to it constantly. Um, in the background of my life, if you like, I listen to all their com- I've listened to you, you know, through the years, presenting some historic moments um, of football and other sports and, you know, loved everything. You contributed to that network. And now you've left. Can you? It does feel like there's a big change going on on that station. That you left. um, uh, Alan Green is leaving, isn't he as well? It feels like they're clearing out in inverted commas an old guard and in
2: favour of some kind of appeal to youth. Is that fair? Is that seem to be what's what's happened? Well, I think if you look at those who have left or leaving, me, uh, uh, Gary Richardson, Alan Green, uh, Jonathan Overend's going, and Cornelius Lycett. Who ironically is on the radio every single day at the moment because racing is the one sport that's going yeah. on. I, think, I mean, I, I think you would find it hard to argue against that there is. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, clearing out of the old guard sounds a bit, uh, it sounds a bit sort of Roman, doesn't it? I, I mean, yes. it may well be that there's a, there is a, a shift and a regeneration. You could argue that is that there's nothing wrong with that, that that happens from time to time in any organization that, you know, that somebody texted me the other day and went, oh, there's an awful lot of fuss about you. Lot. I remember when you were young I and mean, then you were given a chance. So um, it, the, the BBC, I mean, do you know the BBC extremely well with you know, with all the work that you do. Clearly, it's yeah. going, uh, has an issue with getting the 18 to 34 market. Uh, um, and maybe that they feel that what they're doing on something like Five Live, uh, they're more likely to, to get that market. Now, I would, I would disagree. Of course, I would disagree because I love working there and I didn't want to be moved on. And I would say that you're effectively saying that my 21 year old son who loves his sport doesn't want to listen to me. You can make your own gag there. Of course, he doesn't want to listen to your father. (laughs) But you know what what I'm saying? that He doesn't listen to people of my generation. Well, I would argue that actually people who love sport will always want to listen to people who've got a bit of, I hope, authority and knowledge and experience. But that's that's the way the world. um, Boy, I didn't agree with the decision. I still don't. But I don't. I'm not I'm not bitter about it at all. I had an amazing time. Mm. um and there's no question i wasn't as available as i once was because of the work up because of my the itv offer which i you know i was thrilled to take and uh, and uh i left uh saturday afternoons five live sport of my own accord because i'd done it for 16 years and felt it was a change there so bbc quite understandably would say listen you were nothing like as available as you were five years ago and um we needed to bring the next generation through and I think because it's the BBC, it always makes more headlines, doesn't it? And, you know, you can argue with five people going of a lot of experience between the five of us who are going. That's probably, you know, the best part of 150 years of broadcasting at the top level in this country. It's always it's always going to make waves in, uh, in that sense. Um, but as I say, things change. Things need to be refreshed. Um, sometimes I've, I've always said it before and I, I, you know, I talk to students quite often. I say you've got to be able to take the wax in this business and you're never always going to be in the, in the, in the first 11. Sometimes people are going to prop you and you're going to go, what have you done that for? I'm good enough to play in this team. And, you know, uh, you hope you still are, but that doesn't mean to say you're always going to get picked.
0: Yeah, of course. I I think that's a very fair way of looking at it. But all I'd say is it does strike me as a, as as an absolute, you know, as a devout five love listener, obviously I'm not in the younger, not in the younger age group at all. (laughs) Um, uh, But, I agree. It, it's it's so odd, this whole idea that young people want to listen to other young people. It's 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 a myth that kind of is also propagated on TV, that, you know, young people only want to watch other young people on TV. I just think it's fundamentally not true. And I think what they what everyone wants to listen to, no matter what age you are, is expertise and eloquence and insight, particularly in, in, in the world of sport, in, in terms of particularly in football. And this whole kind of um, trend towards... You know, a banter—that horrendous word—and um, I mean, first of all, I—I I, I think you always had, you, you know, list, listening to you on Saturday afternoons, and you know, bouncing from one football reporter to another, and doing all the interviews—it was always fun, as well as being insightful. And you know, so the idea that you know, people like you and Alan Green was always spectacular fun to listen to. You know, with his with his approach too. So I find that whole idea kind of bogus—that that that you know, only these young young arrivals in the world of broadcasting and yeah. the ones who know how to do that kind of thing. Do you know what I mean?
2: I, well, I, I don't know what it's based upon. I agree with you 100%, but cause I don't know what it's based upon is my truth. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what, what the, what, what, what the stats are, or what, maybe it's just a hunch that they, that, that they, yeah. because the, the truth is it, it, you know, it doesn't, it's, it's exactly the same in any broadcasting, your podcast, the podcast you do for heat and your magazine and your, you know, your films and your books review podcast. There are times you need to take it seriously, and there are times you need to have a laugh. And what experience brings you in life is the knowledge in, in all the things that we've done and all the areas I've just described above. It's the knowledge to say, right, this is and it's the same as I do now on BT and as I do on ITV with writing with dico. This is serious for three or four minutes. I mean, this is a serious issue. Right now, we can have a little bit of fun with this. And you can go from one to the other in the same minute, or maybe you've got the next five minutes or all one or all the other. So I, the bit that I don't understand is I don't know where this I don't know where this has come from, whether it's mm. a, I mean, I can't believe it's sort of um, statistical evidence. I think it must be just a bit of a, a bit of a hunch. Yeah. Um, but uh, but as I say, things need to be refreshed. And uh, that 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 is inevitable um, about the, the the manner of broadcasting and the manner of, of journalism in this country.
0: Yeah, I think the hunch is the word. Yeah, that does. It feels that way to me that, that, that you're right. That that's, you know, and it's the job, isn't it? Of managers, of controllers of radio stations and TV channels. This is the kind of decision that it's all they do. You know, this is the kind of thing they do. Isn't well, it? I, I
2: said to a friend the other day. So how do you feel about it? Well, I said, well, I said, I'll give you a football <laughs> analogy. I said, do you remember in I've got the pretty much this year in 1994? I think Man United won the double uh, against all the odds. And then Fergie sold Kanchelskis, Hughes and Paulins a year later. And everyone, went, what are you doing? You've just won the double. Well, Fergie thought, you know, time to bring the next generation through. Um, so my pal said, well, which one are you of those three of you? <laughs> 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 um, and, and, you know, they, that, that, that's, that, that's just that's the reality, I think. Uh, but what was really important for me was, you know, I, I disagree with the decision fundamentally, but to. To leave with, a, you know, I hope with an air, a degree of dignity and certainly no oh, yeah. discrimination, because uh, just as my mum used to say, that's just not the way I came out of the egg. And, um, you know, I had a phenomenal time. And uh, uh, although I might disagree with management, I will never, ever disagree with the foot soldiers. And I saw a few of them at Cheltenham last week and we had a giggle. And whenever I see them, you know, on the road, at football will always have a drink and, and nothing is ever going to change that or 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 you know, or change or change my memories of the time I had there.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm very averse so, to change anyway. We... <laughs> so yeah. go on, go on,
3: Josh. I was just wondering, um, what, do, do you feel like there's still radio left in you? Because you know, we've grown up listening to you on, on the airwaves for so long. I appreciate five lives a huge part of your life or is this and you now obviously you're so busy with BT and ITV, is that gonna sort of dominate what you're doing for the coming yeah. years?
2: And no, I'm glad you asked that, Josh, because funnily enough, my last gig on Five Live was the Champions League final. So it was June the 1st. So I haven't done any radio for about eight months now, which is the longest without radio since, you know, since I was 22 and I went into the business. And the, and the, 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 the only good thing that's come out of, out of it is I'm, I still want to do radio as much as I did when I was 22. Oh, I absolutely love radio. There is. And as I said in my in my little my little valedictory video on twitter i mean there's still plenty of radio left in me and so no no i absolutely i'm determined to do more radio and i i would hope i've got plenty to offer somebody going forward in the, in the radio sense so the only good thing is it it's doesn't it make just you make think take, do i want to do, do this, this still this absolutely thing. i want to do this still in fact the good thing is i want to do it more than ever because the one thing I was determined never to be was that slightly cynical, seen it all before. Oh God, have I got to go there? Sort of broadcaster. And actually, I I haven't been. To, uh, I, I I miss the touchline at the moment because I do a lot of stuff, but I haven't been to a game to work. I mean, to Wembley for England. But you know, I haven't been to. The Emirates on a Tuesday night or Stamford Bridge on a Wednesday night. I've deliberately chosen the places with the best two, the best two meals. By the way, the <laughs> food of both is amazing. I haven't done that this season. And I really miss it. I miss the touchline. I miss the the smell of deep heat and the steam rising off the players. So uh, the, the, the the good thing about it all, I suppose, is it's really fired me up once again to do it to do it all over again.
0: Yeah, that that makes total sense. So it must be particularly uh, a particular blow. I mean, I was within the context of you know, everything that's going on in the world, but that the Euros are about to be cancelled, presumably, because that would have been a massive thing, wouldn't it, for you in the summer?
2: Absolutely. And I was really looking forward to it. And obviously it was a bit, it was a bit odd for all of us, the fact it was around Europe, but it was obviously England's group games at Wembley, the semi-finals and the final at Wembley. Um, that was, I, I couldn't wait for that. And, uh, and you know, we, we, we like this England team, don't we? They're extremely personable and they're in the image of, of their manager, Gareth Southgate. And, he, and he, uh, he should get a lot of credit for that. I couldn't wait for the Euros. Um, but, but I, I just say, I, I think we, all, we listen, we all understand completely why we're expecting the decision uh, that, it, that is imminent to, to be made. And by the time people listen to this, it may well have been made. I mean, I, I think it's inconceivable to think that it won't be postponed for 20. I just hope they postpone it for a year rather than cancel it. I think that right. would be, yeah. I think that would be a blow. But no, absolutely. Because of, because of what's gone on and um, uh, with five live. I was really looking forward to the Euros, but, but mm. you know, so, so be it. People's be people's health and all that. Of course, My, of it, course, the absolute priority. Of course.
0: Well, luckily, we've got you on. I, I think you know we we can take this moment to um look at some of your highlights some of the some of the best <laughs> moments you've had i mean not that you're you know this is not your retirement Make that clear. <laughs> but having you know having listened to you for so long on five live i feel like i get that we should get the chance me yeah. and josh to 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 find but let's we'll take a quick break and we'll be back after this and we'll talk to you more about as i say some of the best moments so far of your particularly radio career here's a little break And we're back from the break. Um, so we hit Mark um, and Josh. Uh, we've reached this historic moment in, in our lives where um, there is no live sport hardly at all on 5 Live. It must be a huge challenge, by the way. Imagine, imagine there, the controller and the people who work on that station um, trying to work out what to do. Um, but let's look back, Mark. What What stands out for you? What great kind of moments stand out for you um, broadcasting on Five Live over the years? You know, what games particularly were exciting to cover? What interviews were particularly exciting for you to do?
2: Are we we, we just just sticking to football, which is understandable?
0: Well, no, not necessarily mainly football, but, you know, anything else
2: you you, you care Um, to mention. Well, football in no particular order. Um, Germany won England five in Munich was, was just... Mind blowing for, for all the obvious reasons, and uh, England were 1 0 down in that game, which people forget. And it was at the old Olympic Stadium, so that was it was very open. You remember know, where West Germany won the World Cup against Holland in 74, so very open. And I remember looking up at the scoreboard thinking, Blimey, you know, we I would never say we on air, but obviously I'm English. I went big, Blimey, we're hammering Germany 5 1. That's that is, that is absolutely remarkable. So that would be up there, as would be Liverpool winning in Istanbul because. I remember 3-0 talking to Jonathan Ledyard, who was the BBC football correspondent at the time. He came down and sit in my seat and we were going, God, this is, this is you know, feeling for Liverpool here. They're getting a bit embarrassed. And by the time he left my seat to go back to his, it was 3-2. And it was one of those, I don't remember, in, 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 in uh, extra time, Dudek makes the most unbelievable <laughs> save from Shevchenko. I mean, defied physics. And it was one of those where you think, oh, they're going to win now. And it was exactly the same when um, when Robert missed the penalty against Chelsea in Munich, Steve Bruce was with us. And I just whispered to Steve Bruce, Chelsea are going to win now, aren't they? So, you know, you just remember those. Do you know what I mean? You just remember yeah. those. I'm deliberately leaving out Paris 2006. I don't think anybody needs to go no, over fair to do that. Fair no, so, no, no one needs, needs to go to over that. that but I think no. in terms of football, my, oh, well, and Aguero winning the league. I mean, Aguero winning the league. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I and, and as he scored, I ran down to the touchline with a radio mic, which means you can you know broadcast from anywhere. And well, first of all, there were a load of Man City fans who who were running out of the ground because they were you know they thought they hadn't won, so they right. trying to run back in. And they were and about three or four of them grabbed me and were shouting, "This is the best day of my life!" You know, as Aguero scored. So those are, those will be the football highlights for sure. Yeah,
0: because that moment was second only to 1989, wasn't it? Really? Yes. In terms but it is definitely drama. second yeah. to 1989. Yeah.
2: Yes, yeah exactly <laughs> exactly yeah um, and in terms of interviews you know what my my favorite interview of all time will always be my jimmy armfield interview oh uh, uh, yeah. yeah yeah that was fantastic and, yeah and, and i love jimmy as a person so much i looked upon him he was my father died 30 years ago when jimmy was very similar age to him and i always looked at uh, jimmy rather paternally and when we went to see him that day he said uh we knew i mean he, everyone knew he was ill he went are you, are you going to use this when I've gone? I went, yep, Jimmy. Anyway, well, we better make it bloody good then. And, uh, wow. you know, he was such a lovely man and such a pro. He knew, you know, he knew this was this was the interview to look back on his life. And it was so, it was so fascinating. And I, 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 I know that we had a nice reaction to it on everything from Duncan Edwards to Brian Clough to Leeds United to Blackpool to, you know, Glenn Hoddle to England. It was, it was, and just working with him. That was, that was a great honor to speak to Jimmy in that sense.
0: Yeah, that was a fantastic, uh, fantastic interview. Yeah. And, and just, just growing up listening to him, you know, was just extraordinary. He was such a, such a kind of brilliant um, voice, isn't it? The voice and the pers- personality and just the and everything decency. Everything you
2: thought about him, Boyd, was what he was like. Yeah. I promise you. Everything you yeah. thought about Jimmy. Was what he was like. He didn't like foreign food. Didn't like foreign <laughs> food. Don't give me that, Muck. <laughs> but he was the loveliest, kindest. But had a great sense and of humour. He... Real twinkle in his eye. Love Yeah. To play with yeah.
0: He Talking knows. of foreign food, you must have gone on some interesting European trips with your with your colleagues.
2: Oh, I'm trying to think what the most extreme one was. I mean, we. I mean, i I. Been everywhere, which is which is. Look, I think probably the best fun was Japan in two thousand and two, because uh. that was that was. I mean, if, I mean, if you like it, I love Japanese food. The trains are incredible. Very important to go with good tourists, isn't it? When you go on tour and um, Terry Butcher and Chris Waddle were hilarious to go on tour with. And 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 I think you might have seen it on um, social media the other day. Chris still plays football today. So right, seventeen yeah. years ago. We played football in the pouring rain with the local Japanese one day with Terry, Chris Waddle, Ron Atkinson, and I think Andy Townsend and a load of Japanese locals. It was it was hilarious.
3: That's and, fantastic. And great fun. Mark, if I may just bring it back to Arsenal for a moment. <laughs> just in terms of, <laughs> for, <laughs> forgive me, I'm trying to think of our audience in particular. Yeah. But who, who are the most, you know, from all the Arsenal players that you, you've spent time with and interviewed over the years... Who do you sort of remember most fondly? Or who was the best interviewer? Who was the most difficult?
2: Uh, well, to interview Arsenal players. Um, or Wenger. Interviewing all, all, well, interviewing all, uh, Wenger was always fantastic. The best thing about interviewing Wenger was you could ask him anything. Absolutely anything. And that's why I think Wenger was so popular with the media. Because you could literally say to him. And I'm pretty sure somebody did say to him once. you remember the... The famous summer of 2005 when England won the Ashes. Well, obviously, that Test match didn't finish till the second week of September. So you're almost a month into the season by then. And people would say to Wenger, and I remember interviewing once, you know, are you taking any notice of the cricket? And he'd give you a great answer. He didn't quite understand it, but he knew it was important and he understood it was important. And he loved the fact that the, the country was so into it. So, so Wenger was, was, was absolutely great to interview uh, for that reason. Fàbregas was always a very good interviewee as well. Actually, Fàbregas was always really thoughtful and would always give you and would always give you something. So, in terms of actually interviewing Arsenal, uh, Arsenal people, as it were, those two, those were the two that, that, that would always stand out for me.
0: We, we need to know what Wenger thinks about the current situation, don't we? Really, I'm fascinated <laughs> I'm
2: to nice. know. I'm surprised actually with his new role at UA Yeah, we haven't found. So we haven't found out, but you knew. I mean, you knew when it was all kicking off with Brexit and everything. Thank would always, would right. always answer everything. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was great. He was great like that. Absolutely. What, what, what's
0: your? Josh is right. We should focus on Arsenal more. was what, your most memorable Arsenal game that you covered?
2: I think it was probably in the unbeaten season, um, and I'm sure you two are there. It was that Friday night game against Leeds when Henri got four, Do you remember? It was about yeah. this time of year, I, actually.
3: I, yeah. I, I think, think Danny Mills. Yeah. I, remember, I mean, weirdly, despite there being five goals, I think one well, of my main memories of that game is Henri putting the ball through Danny Mills' okay. legs in the corner back, flag. It?
2: Was it that game? Was It oh, was yeah. it not that game. That, if, if you look at... He scored 4 didn't he, Henri? Really if you look at the... The third or fourth goal in the second half, he gets the ball in the centre circle, running towards the north bank, and it and it is like um, a school kid just yeah. sprinting away on the playground, and everybody in about five. At least playing in yellow and blue, I think that night, weren't they? About five of them in pursuit, and they can't get anywhere near him. And I think he falls over as he scores, but still lifts it over Robinson. And that was just like, "Limey," you know. This, this is um, this guy is. one of those where you go. This is this is somebody that you will always remember watching at the peak of his powers. Oh, completely. Yeah, that was that was that was absolutely incredible. Yeah, that
0: game. Yeah, and, and, and that was that must have been Leeds getting relegated that that uh, uh,
2: yes, season. I think it was because it? they'd won at Highbury the season before, hadn't they? <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, the man you won the title and Leeds stayed up. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, no, it was. I didn't cover many Arsenal games in Europe at that stage, so I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't at the game against Chelsea, obviously, which went wrong or any or anything like that. But uh, and then I think going, I was at Highbury the last day. That was very special, actually. Oh, yeah, that was. that fantastic. was really well done. Yeah, that was very, yeah. very classily done the last game. Did it not finish with "Watch
0: Adultery," Boyd? I think it did. Oh no, was I, it, was adultery? it did. I think it was adultery. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Did. Yeah, I remember it was. Well. Yes, yes, I remember it was the same day as the Baftas because I had to go from there straight to the Baftas, and so did Matt Lucas, who okay. uh, who I met, um, and yeah, we both did the same double. Um, at, at a very special day. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you think one question about? Because there, there was a lot of talk about um, the Invincibles. You know, in, you know, as soon as Liverpool lost their game the other week to Watford um, and all Arsenal fans, you know, felt triumphant and that, you know, did you, did you at the time that season, did you, did it ring home to you just how significant that achievement was as you were, you know, going from game to game?
2: Yeah, no, it is. I mean, it's a really interesting one, the invincibles because, and and, and I don't just say that because uh, I, I, I think I could count and and write as friends of mine, but, I'm not of the opinion that that's the best Arsenal team of all time the invincible but what they achieved is an absolute they yeah. didn't lose a game so in a way who's better than who it's those you know when they slightly bore me those debates because you know you, everyone has yeah. their opinion but but I personally, I'm, I'm now arguing against myself, I don't think they're the best Arsenal team of all time. I really don't. I don't even think they're the second best Arsenal team of all time, if you want me to be really honest. I think 97 98s is the best Arsenal team, and I think yeah. I 201-202 was an extraordinary team, which in many ways was as good as the Invincibles. That team didn't lose in a way match, interestingly. But, yeah, what, but what the what the Invincibles did is an absolute, and what and Liverpool have been brilliant this season. and Obviously, what's going on now is what's going on now. But what happened at Watford just showed that however brilliant you are, it is remarkable that every game, even if you're not of the races, even if you're not of the, your best, even if the referee does something against you, that you find a way not to lose, and I know Sir Alex Ferguson went too many draws, and I know Liverpool fans go, "Well, Arsenal do twelve games out of thirty-eight, which is quite a lot of draws, but still, not to lose a game is remarkable because it is an absolute."
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah totally, yeah. And I think, I think that I think team it...
2: should have won more points. I think oh, completely slightly underachieved. Uh, yeah, think, and... you know, my view it should have won the European Cup. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: So, so in a way, that's why I don't think it's the best Arsenal team. I, do think it's underachieved, and yet it doesn't detract from the fact that what they did was incredible.
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah.
2: Um,
0: we, we're winding up, to, we're coming towards the end. Josh, in, in his, Josh did have a menu. Thanks, Josh, for, for uh, <laughs> sending us your list of topics. And we ignored
2: the running order again.
0: Yeah. He's, he, he's absolutely done a great running order. But one of the, I think, one before we do finish, one really interesting um, item he put on the agenda is two years on, were Arsenal rights to move Venga on. How do you feel now? You know, looking at the at the bigger picture of Arsenal and having gone through one manager, and now we're on Arteta, and you know we're potentially going to finish the lowest we have You know, for many many years. How, how do you feel about that whole
2: situation? I, 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 it, in my opinion, they had to mow Arsenal Wenger on. I mean, they had to. The, the, the situation was untenable because, I mean, you 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 you're the season ticket holders. You to you know that Arsenal were only to One, two, three bad results away from a more toxic atmosphere and more protests and more banners at wherever it was, the Hawthorns and more fans fighting amongst themselves. I I, I don't think they had any choice. They had to move him on. I can't say I'm particularly surprised that the next manager wasn't a success. David Moyes, you know, with respect, wasn't a success, was he? It Mm. was always going to be so hard. I think I think with both with both clubs, with the managers having been there for so long that it was you never wanted to be the next one after Fergie or Wenger did you you wanted to be the next one after that so right. no, they had to move him on and I think probably if you actually sat down with Arsene Wenger and said listen it was right wasn't it he would probably he would probably accept that and I, I uh, I'm not sure if he would <laughs> I have to say I'm not sure
3: if he would be that guy really who, what, yeah. Josh, was,
2: Josh you were, who wish he was there
3: Josh, look Josh. Um, I, I'm very much still with you uh, unlike Wenger I think in the grand scheme of things, much as I love the man, I do accept it. It was time to him to move on. Sadly, the fans have found something else to fight about, it seems, in the stands with Arsenal Fan TV in the last couple of months. So we're not quite as united as we could be. But we had to move on in the hope that it was going to bring something better. It hasn't. And I think maybe even Arden anti-Vengerites, if we can call Boyd that, might give an a oh, little bit more respect. Might give a little bit more respect to what he did achieve in those final three or four years. And one benefit of the, the coronavirus is the Premier League years is on non stop on Sky Sports. <laughs> and maybe that will make even more people remember the glorious. Like I was sitting there watching one on, you know, a couple of nights ago and, and you just it can't help but fall in in love again, remembering what he did make us feel and what he did achieve. But of course, it, you know, two years ago it, it was the right time. He left us winning those FA Cups. You know, you know, doing really well in the cup competition in The last couple of years, um, it would have been lovely to have ended it all with a European trophy. And you know, but for that sort of semi-final defeat, it felt like it might have come. But yeah, I, I would say two years on, it was it was sadly uh, probably the right decision. Yeah, let, let me make oh, it. I think it's
2: very interesting. I think Arteta is a very, very interesting appointment. And it's clearly an appointment in the modern vogue of a head coach. Yeah. A proper, tactically aware. I'm not saying how good he is. I mean, because we just don't know, do we, at the moment? A proper, tactically aware head coach. And he's going to have to be a good head coach because they haven't got any money. Well, you know, whatever. we have no idea what's going to happen now. Let's assume Arsenal... I think we can probably assume Arsenal are not playing Champions League football next season. Whatever happens to this season, he's going to have to coach his way out of this. He can't yeah. buy his way out of this. And maybe that's no bad thing, to be honest. And and I think what even Josh would accept, Josh, and Arden Wengerites would accept, and Arsenal Wenger is clearly one of the, you know, what is clearly in a top, you know, is a fabulous human being. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But this Arsenal team now... There is a recrimination if you don't do the job, isn't there? Look at what's happened with Maitland Niles. There's a yeah. recrimination if you're not doing what's required of you. Yeah, absolutely.
3: And I, and I think, yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. Of course, of course, you are. And and we've seen it pretty much with every player at some point. Almost it feels like, apart from Abamian, we've seen the centre backs constantly being being changed and, and different pairings. Uh, we've seen, yep, yeah, the, the full backs. We've seen that Saka's been had an opportunity to come in because it hasn't quite been working. Uh, Gwen Doozy, you know, supposedly for not wearing his his shirt, wasn't it on his, on the trip to Dubai, was you know out of favour briefly. Yeah. So there's absolutely you know recriminations if you if you don't do what's asked for, and you know potentially slightly less predictable substitutions to what we did see in those <laughs> final years under Wenger. So look, I, and I think that's the biggest thing. We're enjoying it as fans again to to go to the stadium, and Arteta oh, has has brought that in what might just be worth before, before I know we've got to wrap up with is is let's say this is in some guys, the end of the season, there are players contracts that are going to be sort of, well, the 30th of June. I mean, the contracts that players have are still going to end on the 30th of June. So Mm -hmm. in terms of entering the final year and the opportunity for them to at least speak to other clubs, whether we like it or not, and whether any football is played between now and then the 1st of July, you know, you're into that period. So, Mm. They are going to have to be now dealing with that situation of who who they are going to have to move on, and I don't know if you're going to be allowed to do transfers. You know, in that in that period, it's going to be such a bizarre situation. You could be signing a player, not sure when the football team are playing again. Oh, completely,
2: and I think you know they've got a they've got a big decision to make anyway, haven't they? With you would imagine one of Lacazette or Bamiyang will be sold. I think they'd love to keep a Bamiyang and they'd probably sell Lacazette if they had to sell one, wouldn't they? Um, they've got, you know, clearly they have to get another centre back. That goes without saying. Um, oh, I think, uh, yeah, it's, oh, it's going to be absolute mayhem for the players <laughs> and for the agents. Oh, completely. But I get the feeling that Arteta, I just get the feeling he loves the training ground so much. He'll just go, right, you know, I'll, I'll get in who I can. Uh, and uh, who he clearly has the final say on, and he'll, and he'll coach them from there. And, I mean, Boyd and I are an age to remember when the core of the 89 title-winning team came through in the mid-'80s, came through together, Boyd, in the youth team. Yeah, you yeah. The team we played at Anfield that night, four or five of them were playing together in the youth team. Well, what's happening in the Arsenal team at the moment quite often? Four or five of them have come through Hale End as well, and that's, that. that clearly buys the team time, and it seems to me that it's changed the atmosphere. You'll know better than me. That changed the atmosphere of the Emirates a bit as well, hasn't it? To one of a little bit of understanding. Yeah. We can see we can see what the background is here, and we can see what what the manager is, the head coach, I suppose, is trying to do. Um, and and it and it buys them a little bit of time because every club like loves to see their kids being given a chance.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that I think I actually think that you know when I when I saw. Josh's menu and, and the question of where the club likes to move on and around, how we feel two years on. I genuinely feel this is precisely what how a lot of fans and me wanted us to end up right now. Apart from you know, apart from the, the, the virus situation yeah. and knowing what's going to hell going to happen generally this season, and you know, but in but in general, this level of um, excitement and this kind of um, unpredictability, if you like, about us now with Arteta in charge and yet firmly thinking, I think optimistically that Arteta could well be the man, as you say, to coach us out of um, our, our, our troubles, or at least if anyone can, he can, he feels, he seems to be such a good, he had such an instant impact. And, you know, now things have you know, there's been flawed games, et cetera, but I just feel very optimistic generally. I I may be being completely, you know, Pollyannaish, and it may be insane for me to say this kind of thing, but, with those kids coming through, with the likes of Saka and Martinelli and Saliba coming next season, yeah. and Arteta in charge, I almost feel like even though we haven't got any money and all of that, and even though, you know, we won't almost certainly won't have Champions League, I just feel there's a really exciting, you know, and I feel emotionally invested in these players. Mm-hmm. Like, I absolutely did not in the, in the end of the Wenger era. That was, it became very tedious and repetitive.
2: And, and, of course, what it does is a fair play to Chelsea are doing the same thing. It means that those players in the academy go, I can see a pathway to the first team. I can see that I, if I'm yeah. good enough, I'll get a chance. And it seemed quite hard under Wenger quite often, didn't it, to, to yeah. see that, that he was really going to give them that much of a chance. Maybe they weren't good enough. But clearly, if you're going to have an academy, you want to be able to see a pathway. You want players to think, uh, as I say, Chelsea are doing it, Arsenal are doing it. Well, actually, if I am good enough, I will get a go. And, and as you say, emotional investment's exactly the word, isn't it, uh, Boyd? So I, I've got Chelsea friends of mine who are loving this season. They're absolutely yeah, loving it. Yeah, because we're going, yeah. oh, look at all these kids. And look at Gilmore now. What a player. And that's what, you know, in the end, it's I know I know you pay a lot of money. I know you want to see trophies. But it, there is a journey in there as well, isn't there? You know, there has to be a journey as well as part of it.
0: Exactly, it? exactly. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if what Bam Yang did stay, you know. And, and you know, I think it'd be, this situation we're in right now, this weird, it might even help with that kind of thing. Because I think, yeah. you know, safety first, you know, stay where, you know, stay where you're yeah. loved and where you have, you've got a good life. You know, sure. why not? I think those things are maybe more important now than, um, than they might and,
2: have been. You know, it's going to be very difficult. It could easily be very difficult to be transferred, couldn't it? Yeah. Because you might yeah. be going to a country where... You don't quite know what the situation is, and you know it's better. You know it. You know the situation I- it better. I'm not saying it is better, but you know the situation better in the country that you're currently residing in. So, absolutely, it could be. It could yeah. be.
3: Wait, yeah. Josh, you're feeling happy? Um, I don't know about happy um, <laughs> in terms of uh, the overall situation. Um, I'm delighted that we've managed to do a podcast. I mean, I, yeah. are we, what are we going to do going forward, Boyd? Oh, fuck knows. I mean, uh, God, you <laughs> know. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we'll find we'll do it's, our very best to, to keep going in some way maybe maybe
0: maybe we'll do the highlights of mark's career parts three four five six and seven for the next next few weeks happy that you
2: are this this stage of the season you've got you know you've got you've got we all love a bit of nostalgia so you'll yeah famous matches and famous incidents now we've got two months to go of the season you know there's plenty that's happened in the last 20 years at arsenal hasn't it of, yes of, of corresponding of corresponding weeks as you go towards the end of the season, you'll 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 find a way. I'll
3: be yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I did see the um, Arsenal website today. We're having uh, a quiz. If you could get the squad from Theo Walcott's first Arsenal game and his last Arsenal game, um, which I well, thought if they're already tonight. resorting to that. On the 16th of March. I well, don't know what kind of quizzes they're going to have by 16th of April. <laughs> it is Theo's birthday today, so that's why. And then we should well, say. Well, yes, birthday. I know that's why. Yeah. But if yeah. we're at that level already, if well, that's the news and the first thing on the Arsenal website, I dread to think what we're doing in the coming yeah. weeks. I think if, as long as
0: Mark can get us, get Lee Dixon and uh, Ian Wright on for us, then we'll be fine. Uh, oh, well, I'll I ask him. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, much.
2: I'll ask him. They won't be doing um, anything. They can't play golf no. all day, every day. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Actually, the final thing I wanted to ask, I'm sure, I'm sure um, Leon's tearing his hair at our, our, our man who made this whole thing happen. But I want, I, I have to ask you about Roy Keane. Just oh, yes. how much fun is it working with Roy Keane? Because I feel he's the most entertaining, gripping TV football pundit of them all.
2: Well, uh, A, I love working with Roy Keane. Uh, B, he's incredibly funny. I mean, properly funny. Uh, C, he loves chocolate. And (laughs) D, I do not get people who say to me, oh, well, he's just a caricature of himself. I simply say to you, why would Roy Keane want to waste his time by going on television to act up in a way that you think he does? Why would he do that? Yeah. Well, yeah. what, what on earth is it for him? He, you know, what he, he, oh, and, and he, he, you know, it's, it's very hard to get him to compliment a goalkeeper. It's hilarious.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's
2: it is, That's why he's got gloves. I think I've once in five years gotten to admit that that was a pretty good say. But he is, he is absolute dynamite. And I think I was quite, I, 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 I made a very early deal with myself and more to the point with my family. I said, let me tell you one thing to you. Whatever you do, now I'm on television do not look at the notifications on social media because that's the way madness lies Oh okay? yeah, because yeah. no one, you know, no, you know, and uh, my wife, Amy, Went, oh, I had a look at the first one. Oh, you're right. I won't do that again. Went, no, 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 don't do that. But there was one that was pointed out to me when somebody said to me, someone said, I think it was, it was recently we're in uh, Kosovo and right. wasn't with us because he was in the jungle. And someone had said, that was the bravest thing I've ever seen on television, Mark Pugat asking Roy Keane whether he was going to watch Ian White <laughs> in the jungle that night. <laughs>
0: that was fantastic. I was watching. It was he's, a he's, beautiful he moment.
2: He's great.
0: Yeah. He's absolutely great. Yeah. Well, we love you, Mark. Thanks so much yeah. for joining us. Um, we've gone on way longer probably than we should ought to have done, um, but that's because it's been brilliant having you on, and uh, I don't know what we would have done without you, frankly. Um, we'll work out what we do next week, won't we, Josh? And I'm sure
3: we'll be we something. Yeah. We're well, going to carry pleasure, on.
2: My pleasure, boys. Please, be, you know, be be safe, stay stay healthy, everybody. You know, please uh, please push a note through your elderly neighbours just in case. You know, it's a time we've all got to look after each other and uh, and all keep an eye out for each other. So you know, stay stay healthy and stay in touch.
0: Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thank you. Cheers, Mark. And we'll be back next week. Do something. <laughs> Thank you very much. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports
1: Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?